0: No?
1: Well, I'm ready whenever you are. Yep. Are you okay? You look like you're having a stroke. What's going on? What do you mean? You're like staring around.
0: Oh, no. I was trying to fucking... try to. I was trying to level this paper so that I could read it. Oh. Without right. crinkling it. Oh. Because I fucking crumpled it up into like seven fucking squares. You crumpled it up because you were angry that you lost. I know, dude. You're not fucking... you Are we recording right now? We're recording. Oh, you're not fucking wrong, brother. I, I I lost hard. Um, yeah. Guys, if you're wondering why I didn't come back and shout the Irishman. <laughs> <laughs> it won a staggering nothing. I kind of like that. Yeah, it really... I like how, uh, how excited everyone was I had about it for it. two things. Now, admittedly, the best picture was... I was being spicy. Like I was taking the big bet inspired by the movie that should have won best picture uncut gems. I was making big bets like Adam Sandler. Uh, I wanted to win by 30 points, not by one point as Adam Sandler says in the movie, but, I won by zero points. I lost, you in lost fact.
1: by about six
0: points. Yeah. Uh, and the
1: winners kind of were it. Sean and his mother. As always, dude. Like mm-hmm. Me and my mom both, we either tie or one of us wins by like one point. Yeah. Uh, not much. For some reason, she's she's got like a uh, an inclination for this kind of thing. She guesses she admits that she guesses about half of them. All the technical things, she basically guesses, she says. Yeah.
0: I mean, and you got it at a feature. certain point. So much of that technical stuff, I imagine so many people don't even uh, vote on it. Yeah. Because aren't only the top four categories voted on by everybody in the Academy? And then the other ones are only directed by the people who are in the Producers Guild or in the...
1: I'm not sure quite how it's structured, but... uh, Yeah. I mean, those uh, technical ones are a bit of a...
0: They're a crap anyway. Like, for example, sound editing I got wrong by picking 1917, but sound mixing I got right. Sound editing went to what? Ford, Ford versus, versus Ferrari. Ferrari, yeah. Yeah. Which, Which I'm like what am know. I what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> yeah, my sister got
1: them the other way around, I think. I think she got Ford versus Ferrari and uh for for sound mixing and oh. then 1917 for sound editing and uh, it was the other way around, but she, yeah. I think she said she was like what well, what's the difference?
0: I got lucky. I did in some struck stroke of good instinct, I did put 1917 for visual effects. Yeah. Me too. And uh I was right about that. I don't know what would have led me to do that. It's I think it was just because I honestly. was I think it's just cause I was betting on red. I was sticking with red yeah. and in a
1: way it paid D- off. Not really, honestly. Yeah, not really. My, 1917 <laughs> did
0: not do as well as I expected it to. It didn't get yeah. best director. It yeah. didn't get best
1: picture for sure.
0: I was I was very, very confident about the animated short winner being Hair Love. Yep. And uh I was right. Um but as I said, it should have been memorable. Yeah. Um but Hair Love is perfectly good it was like my third favorite of the shorts and i liked the top i liked that one in kit Bull and memorable sister and daughter are both fucking terrible
1: right
0: uh and we discussed that already um yeah i don't know any, any other feature? big surprises
1: i mean i was leaning pretty heavily I mean, it, on 1917 and it didn't win very much so. yeah i mean the
0: big surprise is parasite i would consider parasite that something of an upset up. right i don't know about an upset but it certainly cleaned up it was definitely a contender for the top two Right. Yeah.
1: It was uh, my. I think I may maybe even said it on the podcast. It was my second choice. Uh huh. After I thought nineteen seventeen was going to get it because that's the predictable.
0: Yeah. It's. But, I thought it was going to uh, be one of the two. Yeah. Um. No, you didn't. You thought it was going to be the Irishman. Well, I. That's what I said. Remember, my theory was that so many people were going to be either voting for that. Like basically, that I thought that uh, the Irishman was going to rise on a vote split. Right. Between Parasite and 1917, because I knew it was such a close call. Yeah, and I so I thought it was going to be the biggest upset, the fucking the wheat coming up through the chaff, baby, whatever that means. <laughs> I don't yeah. know that it means nothing.
1: Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Other than that, pretty predictable though, right? Um, Sam Mendes not getting Best Director was kind of surprising because that seemed like a bit of a shoe in. Uh, original screenplay went to Parasite. Yeah, that was another Tarantino. Uh, once upon a time in Hollywood won nothing. Nothing at all.
0: Oh, it didn't even win. Yeah, because what did win screenplay? Parasite. You're kidding.
1: No. Well, I mean, it has, there it, it, has a good, it has a good <laughs>
0: screenplay, I guess. Sure, yeah, but I was it really, very yeah. Parasite that, really cleaned up now that I'm looking at the scorecard. It absolutely did, yeah. This is the fucking, by the way, this is our fucking like Oscar analysis. Yeah, really. Wait, what one? <laughs> it just happened an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, we should get
1: back. See, this is
0: our first podcast yeah. of the
1: year. We should really get back to what makes us good and be like, well, uh, who looked the most spastic on stage? Well,
0: right? the, let's talk about the real legend, Renee Zellweger, giving oh my God, an dude. incomprehensible Incomprehensible speech. and interminable. I'm, I'm so confused.
1: I think... I think it was like maybe she's written a speech for every Oscars that she's ever been close to or uh-huh. maybe considered for and somehow just had it in a word document and kind of copy pasted it. All it in. was
0: really weird. And yeah. then the Joaquin Phoenix thing, he sounds like he's about to oh God, burst into tears the entire time. That fucking Joaquin says Phoenix. nothing about the movie as far as I recall.
1: Mm, no, only in the sense, I guess, the he probably thinks the movie is about uh, you know serious issues.
0: Well, it's about global warming. Well, <laughs> everyone knows that's that. A that's now, the remember, subtext of Joker.
1: I remember saying at one point towards the end when he was like, "Yeah, because we're able to do this and like do these changes," and I was mm-hmm. like, "Mate." ultimately you're in a movie where you dress up as a clown
0: and is, <laughs> dance like, around to fucking Gary Glitter, Gary Glitter
1: yeah. and like I defended Joker <laughs> for having something to say you know yeah. but, like, but when he gets something he's like, that, like all right man sucked you know all what? the
0: goodwill out of you for Joker I'm just
1: like, oh, you know what dude, like I'm telling to... you
0: Joker is just not very good like all of the like pathos moments of it are super like hammy and it's yeah, just like it just doesn't play yeah, very I think, well. I think it's fine. It's uh, it's exactly fine. It's yeah, fine. That's, I mean, it's that, not fine fucking... is more
1: than I can say for most of the other. Uh, well, yeah, let's really go through
0: because what we didn't do uh, is go, go through the, the best, best picture, picture and just say what we thought of them. All so, right, so Ford versus Ferrari. I saw that. You didn't, of course not. I would never see that. Ford v Ferrari <laughs> is
1: a very very standard movie. Yeah, it's for what it is, perfectly fine uh-huh competent enough you know uh it's not memorable and there's nothing very special about it but there you go mm-hmm. picked up a couple picked up sound editing and uh i think one
0: other thing yeah
1: that's all i got to say about that not as good as joker i would say
0: okay i didn't see it okay all right the
1: irishman you also didn't see that did
0: not i, I watched about the first 10 minutes and Clocked out. You, you think, say, you, we've talked about it on the podcast. before I think before, we've talked
1: about it. Yeah, I didn't think how he looks
0: like a fucking grandpa when he's in a fight scene. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. There's, there's a bit I didn't mention as yeah. well where he's like having to throw a gun away. Yeah, uh, so he, he throws it over the side of a bridge, and there's a, he sort of has to climb over, you know, the railing a little bit to get any. Uh, it's just an old fella, yeah, like a very old fella. Like, He's <laughs> just an old to, guy, you know? Yeah, whereas if it was a young guy, that it would be very quick and smooth. Yeah. But, it, yeah. but that's not the worst thing about the Irishman. The, the worst thing about it is that it's, uh, especially compared to Martin Scorsese's other similar movies, like Casino and Goodfellas and all of that, it's really not remarkable in any way. The, yeah. There's no, the, the performances even aren't that good, you know? Mm. Uh, for For the caliber of the actors anyway, it's, Pretty standard. Actually, not even standard. You know, I don't think... Robert De Niro is not particularly impressive in it at all. Joe Pesci is just sort of there napping most of the time. And yeah. Al Pacino's being Al Pacino. But you can see Al Pacino being Al Pacino whenever you want. You know, he, he's still going. He's still around. Yeah. It's not like he, he's got some new TV show coming out.
0: So, yeah, there was nothing really... All right, so Jojo it. Rabbit, I did see. Jojo Rabbit, I hated. It. Well, I, 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 I don't I would, know. I felt exactly, almost exactly the same way about Jojo Rabbit as I did about the Joker. Okay, where I was like, there's elements of it that I think are really bad, mm. but mostly I found it to be fine. Like pretty affable. Yeah,
1: I've, I, well, that's I the might, problem. Jojo
0: Rabbit is affable to the extreme degree, and it has yeah. that very self-consciously like cutesy, like, hoo hoo Nazis. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah.
1: I I might have been in the wrong mood for it because it's pretty rare that I'll turn a movie off just because I'm like I can't bear to watch anymore. Yeah. I, I checked the time, and I was only like twenty minutes into it, I was, yeah. or half an hour into it. Yeah, and I was like, I'm if I hate this as much as I
0: do right now, there's no way it's gonna come out and like you and take Taika Waititi as Hitler is the worst part of the movie. Yeah, like, dude, his it, it, fucking lulzy performance. Well, it, like, remi- it yeah.
1: all reminded me a bit of this German movie that came out a few years ago, or a couple or years guess ago. Guess Who's Back, guess or who's whatever back? Is that? called. It kind of reminded me of that, which yeah. I, know, I saw that film, and it was like, <laughs> you know, like yeah. Hitler whimsy or whatever, but that actually felt like a, a bit more... It, it felt way less smug. Jojo Rabbit felt incredibly smug to me somehow. Yeah, And I don't even know why, really. I, I think it was the kind of Wes Anderson direction, because it looked kind of... A bit. Do, you, do you know what I mean by that? I mean, it, kinda, it are, looked very yeah. like, yeah. like it's
0: very precious. Yeah, precious. That's a yeah, twee. Tweet. Yeah. Twee, yeah, And
1: I really, it didn't gel with anything that they were trying to do or say. And if I, I got well, and to, they
0: don't say or do anything, like it's it's the yeah. most toothless movie for its subject matter. Like, it's, yeah,
1: that's the thing. Like if you're gonna go somewhere yeah. like that, then again, it's based on a book, so I don't know how much of that's the yeah. source material's fault or not, but. It didn't fucking impress me. Scarlett Johansson was giving it a role,
0: whatever, you know. She was good in it. Yeah. I mean, I've been on record all night about my love for Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, you really have. That's something I never knew about you. Oh, she's like my favorite actress. Yeah. I think she's probably never done a bad performance. Uh, Except maybe like The Avengers. But even then, it's like she's my favorite part of those movies.
1: Let me think. Uh, She's almost certainly been in some bad things. She's she's kind of like Michelle Williams to me. Like she's in the same she's kind of.
0: Much better than Michelle Williams.
1: <sighs> to be fair, though, Michelle Williams
0: is dull as a performer to me. Oh, I don't think so. Well, <sighs> she'd take this waltz, fucking uh, take this waltz week is with Marilyn.
1: Great... Look, Blue Valentine, though, compared to Marriage Story, which are similar okay. movies. In I've some seen either. Well, yeah. Blue Valentine, I think, is uh, a much more. They're both about a breakup, essentially, or a, yeah, a long breakup and. The thing with Marriage Story is that it's very much pandering to like rich people and their problems. You mm-hmm. know, like, oh, how's this breakup affecting your theater company? You know, <laughs> literally, your <laughs> successful yeah, Broadway dude. show that's coming up. Like, fuck you. Yeah. Uh, so it was hard to sympathize with her that much as a character, whereas Michelle Williams in Blue Valentine is very sympathetic, despite. In a way, being the the kind of antagonist, I guess, but that feels yeah. a bit more
0: like you're crediting the screenplay than the performance, though.
1: Sure, but Michelle Williams yeah. did really, really well with that screenplay, right? And yeah. they felt like an actual Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver really didn't have, I don't think, much chemistry, and they're not really supposed to. You very rarely see them together, and you definitely don't see them liking each other ever. There's no, there's not even really any flashbacks to them having good times. It starts in a divorce, and it gets worse and worse. Mm-hmm. So fair enough. Scarlett Johansson was perfectly fine in it, by the way. It's certainly better than Adam Driver was. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Anyway, so that, that covers Marriage Story already, mm-hmm. which is further down. Little Woman I haven't seen yet. I haven't seen it I yet can't either. Imagine I want to. Eh, I can't imagine all fine. I'll watch it, but I can't The Hometown Homie
0: made it, so I got a fucking rep. Yeah, yeah, you're obsessed. Greta Gerwig. With Greta Gerwig, the yeah. The Hometown Homie.
1: That, it, I can't imagine just knowing the source material. It's like, I can't imagine what you would do with that cinematically now. You know, like it just doesn't. Know, f- it feels we, kind of irrelevant to bother. It'd be like if someone did a like a major Oscar version of uh,
0: uh, Pride and Prejudice or something. Well, I mean that that um, Andrea Arnold did that Wuthering Heights that was pretty good, and Carrie yeah. Fukunaga did that Wuthering Heights that was pretty. No, what did Kerry he Fukunaga. do? He did like a Carrie Fukunaga did like a uh, Pride and Prejudice or did he? yeah oh, I don't know, yeah,
1: but uh, there's a reason I wouldn't watch those kind it, yeah. it just doesn't feel worthwhile, really, mm. but anyway, uh nineteen seventeen then we've both seen that, right, yeah, and fine enough, fair enough to be fair, I didn't see it in the cinema and I'm from everything I understand it is a film to see in the movie theater because most of it's to do with you know the spectacle, but yeah, seeing it. Then again, you can't really judge a film entirely on that. So looking at looking this at it, list, well, looking yeah. at 1917, just as a film, uh, without you know a huge, huge speaker setup or a huge screen or anything, it's fucking nothing. Like, it's fucking nothing. It, it really, it's barely even particularly impressive as a visual thing. The the one take, uh, you know, the one take gimmick, and I would call it a gimmick by now, because it really. There's very little about the plot that necessitates it being one-eight, uh, unlike something like, for instance, uh, Birdman or Rope or mm-hmm. anything like that. You know, it, it did feel a bit like a gimmick, and it's been done too many times in the last few years. Uh, but the, the story, the, I couldn't give a fuck about either of the characters. You know, one of them, Well, I don't want to spoil anything, but yeah, there's very little in it that makes me that made me care about
0: anything. And that's a World War One movie, and by it the was. Way. It was dull as hell. Yeah,
1: but the in thing a lot is, World Parts. War One is fucking pretty good material for a film that's gonna try and pull at your heartstrings. Well, sure. did you see that uh, Peter Jackson documentary for, uh, about World War One? I? I think mm-hmm. it was called They Will, they will Never Grow Old or something. Yeah, They Will they'll never, never Grow Old, grow old something, like something like that. Yeah, that was really fucking good. I yeah. thought, and that for some reason didn't get an Oscar nomination because it's a documentary. Well. Yeah, but documentaries do get Oscars. Um, I guess you're right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it didn't because of some bullshit thing where it, because they didn't film much of the footage. It was it was archive footage and archive. What interviews the fuck about like a Ken
0: Burns? He's never won anything. He's like uh, one of the most legendary documentarians of all time. I
1: think it, I, th- I think there's like a certain amount of it has to be original material, and because it was all archive footage and archive interviews put together, then it mm. didn't qualify officially. But I thought that was really, really, really good. I'm very, you know. Educational about the, not only. The. All right, we're back. Okay. Battery malfunction. How All right, to, so to again. So yeah, I just got finished
0: talking about night and seventeen. Right. Yeah. I will say this: I did hear one interesting kind of perspective on it from David Dickens.
1: I bet he liked it as well.
0: He did not. I mean, he, oh, he said didn't? it was fine. Like, I mean, he liked it, but he didn't love it. He said it was no uncut gems, or he agreed with me that it was no Uh, uncut gems. When I I pushed him up against the wall and said, "Is it better than uncut gems?" (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, But I, he said that like at first he thought that the. um, He said that he thinks it could have used more editing. Obviously, he said that like the gimmick made it slow when it didn't need to be. And sure. then he also said that um, after some consideration, he was able in his head to justify some of the camera choices because he said, in actuality, the movie's not about World War One. To him, he said the movie is just about, like, the human body and how much it can take. And you're just watching this character get run down from the beginning of one very, very traumatic day to his body to the very end, and, like, he's still standing. Yeah, I don't quite that so, so that's what he said, is he thinks it's just about, like... I mean, I think he was being like somewhat film schooly when he generous, said that's what the movies. Yeah. No, I mean, no. Like he was being like, in terms of because he's you know he's really into like cinematography. Yeah. He, I think that in his mind, movies are about what the camera is most interested in, in a way, which I think there's an argument for, or whatever. But I, I don't know. That's sort of how I interpreted his statement. But like, since the the camera is so focused on this character the whole time, and he's never out of frame, really. Um, like the fact that yeah like I, I agree I think that's an interesting perspective it doesn't make the movie more entertaining
1: I think what's more but, likely
0: is they saw Atonement and
1: saw that one long take I on mean the there's and- no fucking doubt about that <laughs> and then- which by the way that one shot that one sequence is better than any of the movie i think
0: that yeah. one sequence it's is great. better than any movie that got elected for the oscars this year <laughs> that yeah I, mean, I love atonement i don't love the whole movie but i, oh, like I do that one bit i think it's yeah. really really good
1: i think that sums up pretty much everything you need to know about a situation like that in the yeah world, exactly right? yeah yeah no, oh it's, it's great. so good all right
0: um we've talked okay, about what that else?
1: before i'm pretty sure oh yeah yeah all right so 1917 that's 1917 told mm-hmm. bollocks fucking yeah, shite piece of shit shite patter.
0: Yeah. Uh once upon a time in Hollywood, we've talked about fine. Like eh. it, it's probably my least favorite of the movies elected this year. Like I, I well, actually you haven't seen half of them, mate. That's like, true. <laughs> of the ones that. I've seen. <laughs> right. Um, like I'll say that Once Upon a Time had multiple moments that had me completely fucking rolling my eyes. Yeah. Uh I mean, like that Bruce Lee thing, how the fuck do you justify that? It is odd. I it's mean I, I to be fair, I so kind of stupid. enjoyed the
1: scene. In and of itself, I thought, oh, that's a fun enough scene. But yeah, when you think about the implications of, all right, why are you making Bruce Lee? From from by all accounts, he wasn't really like that.
0: So like, I don't even care about that element of it. I'm just like, this is the most is pretty masturbatory. Yeah. <laughs> like he's so cool, he could beat up Bruce Lee. Yeah, it's like, oh my god! And then you just are so excited that you get to have Bruce Lee on your set and like in your movie, and it's yeah. just like, God, you suck. Yeah, Joker. Probably <laughs> joke is there.
1: I you know what? Uh, so I'm,
0: not good. I'm just shocked how many people liked it so much.
1: I don't know that many people who did. In fact, the cool thing among people I know seems to be not to like it that
0: much. Um, I don't I'm think I know anyone I who be cool as shit. Because uh, my, I, <laughs> my wife, my wife
1: liked it, but aside from that, yeah, I don't know anyone who who outright came in and said yeah that was really good most uh, people were like well it was okay Uh." apparently
0: people in the academy thought it was fucking top shelf no it won one thing two things no but it It got nominated i mean that says something
1: yeah i mean it's a very
0: you think it was a political nomination where they were like look
1: we'll put a superhero movie up
0: no no i don't think it was that
1: at all i think it's kind of the opposite it's kind of like you know i think they probably liked the idea kind of Actually, no, I was about to say kind of like with horror movies, like with Silence of the Lambs and stuff. Like, oh, we've well, made one that's, you know, adult enough mm-hmm. for us. And I think that might be what they're trying to do. With, well, that might be what their opinion of Joker is too. But no, there are a lot of things going for it. For a start, it stars Joaquin Phoenix in a very actory role. It's a character piece. Uh, it has, whether you want to agree with it or not, it does have, like, political leanings sure. or issues, you know. Stuff like that. Uh, It's got a lot of very artsy things. It's an unconventional director. Todd Phillips directing it is unusual.
0: Is that something they like? They like that. Look at Adam McKay. Out. Yeah, Adam oh, McKay. Sure. Everyone loved him when and, he did um, the big show. And, and um, Fairly, Peter Farrelly, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Uh, no, they do like that. They like You're people right. doing a surprising thing. And while it might not have been surprising for Joaquin Phoenix to be in Joker, it was a very Oscary role. Yeah. You know, it's him. He's in every scene, I think, or more or less every scene. Mm-hmm. The cam, mm-hmm. the cameras on him all the time. He's doing a lot of fucking things. gurning. Yeah, and it's a little yeah. artsy, but artsy in a very acceptable, you know, uh, kind of accessible way. You know, it yeah. has this, like those little dance bits and like
0: some odd cinematography that shit and is so corny. Yeah, the dance but- bits are bad. And how many of them? By the way, he just all this guy does is go home and dance around in his apartment. <laughs> like it's like his whole hobby. It's either that or him sitting at a fucking table staring I off at a wall. So
1: we know he's thinking. No, I think there's more motivation for it. I think I think um whoever made it, I think did at least do some pretty cursory research on clowning in general. I think there is a lot of you know a lot of that, like the, the Pierrot character type thing. There's come on, there there were, it's totally excusable within that movie to have bits like that. And I, I think.
0: Uh, I can't and think then, of like, that. And then, like all many, this shit know. with his mom abusing him is so fucking like over it's the top bit, and maudlin. Look, it's like yeah, it is, but it's also it's an also abuse a, portrait out of fucking Days of Our Lives. Like but it's, it's
1: also a mainstream movie at the end of the day about a comic book villain. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So, so then, don't I'm give it fine an Oscar. With that. No, look. I'm fine with that getting nominated. I think out of the bunch, you know, that's perfectly fine being
0: nominated. I think yeah, it had it's just, as, it's just as middling as everything else. I nah, mean, I think Parasite is the best movie in that bunch to me with a bullet. Put it this way. But Uncut <laughs> Gems got fucking shut
1: out. <laughs> well, put it this way. It's been a long time since I've seen a mainstream movie that took in a ton of money mm-hmm. uh, and did really well in almost every way, critically mm-hmm. divisive or whatever. But uh, the was that kind of miserable for a star and had that many artistic flourishes, even if you don't think they're particularly worthwhile, to actually sit in a movie theater full of people and see something like that. It was kind of the same with Birdman. That's why I was really happy that Birdman got as far as it did. It's not that I think Birdman's the greatest film ever or even one of them, but to see that in a theater and to know that lots of people were seeing that lots of people were appreciating it. And look, if fucking seeing Joker makes one person see something that it was influenced by, for instance, uh, well, everyone says Taxi driving the King of Comedy. Uh, I think entertainment was an influence on it. I yeah, for sure. Do you think so, too? Yeah. Well, I, and the Todd
0: Phillips connection, too, right? I mean,
1: yeah, Todd Phillips has some connections to the comedy world. and I'm sure that, like, Zach Tim Galifianakis right? and, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know,
0: like, I'm guessing that
1: he at some point saw entertainment, which I think is a really good movie. So, you know, if it can make it's 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 not a great excuse for anything existing, but if it does make someone watch something, you know, that that really is a lot better where it took it where it took its cues from, then I'm fine with that. I think that's God, a damn. perfectly happy thing to exist. Happy thing to exist.
0: Yeah. Whatever i are talking about. Yeah, the I mean, even just it's it's unfortunate to invite the taxi driver comparison because I just gets me thinking about Taxi Driver and like when they show um, what Travis Bickle is that the fucking character's yeah. name? Robert De Niro. So he's when they show him going home, just the way that when that fucking awesome scene of him just watching TV, yeah, and just finger gun yeah. Yeah, the yeah. TV like that fucking rules. And what a great like subtle, just awesome way to show that he's like losing his grip and he's hateful and whatever the fuck and like, co- contrast that with these fucking sepia-tone thunderstorm shots of Joaquin Phoenix sitting shirtless at his kitchen table writing poetry. I guess he's writing jokes or something.
1: I'm with you. But, yeah, Yeah. I mean, actually, one thing that did stick out to me... was you know like his mental mentally ill writing was you know big scrolls. yeah of course yeah like very you know which I don't think yeah. but then again it's uh, well it's and also fine it's like exactly to the how I really don't exactly mind if how it's...
0: crazy is he like what what's the level of his craziness because some well, kind of ambiguous isn't it well and then don't even get me started on the third act complete turnaround yeah where he just becomes the most lucid character giving a supervillain speech before he like. Well, no, I think that's... every moment up until he puts on his little costume, he's babblingly incoherent. Well, no, 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 no. See, I think
1: uh, I think that is justified somewhat in the fact that he was a stand-up comic and that he had rehearsed,
0: kind of like R- Rupert Pupkin in um, King well, of what Comedy. What do you mean he would rehearse? Like it, 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 he, every time we saw him on stage, he was bombing like crazy and like drooling out of the corner of his mouth, being like, "Hey!" No, but he had he, he, he had the ability to, like, transform himself
1: somewhat to play a character, right? Because he did when he was clowning, too. He's like, you know. I I,
0: I think that's fair. I think he could perform, you know. But then, like, he comes out, and everything we've seen about his weird craziness is that he keeps accidentally offending everybody, right? Like, that's this whole thing. He laughs at inappropriate times. He gets up on stage, and he says weird shit, and he doesn't understand how jokes work. Yeah, And then he comes out, and he tells this, like, blatantly intentionally aggressive anti-comedy joke where he's like hey uh this fucking the guy knocks on his husband's door and is like your wife just died in a car accident and i'm like that's not a joke this character would have told i don't remember that yeah and then and then there's some old lady who they do a close-up on going you can't say that that's not an appropriate joke I don't remember that. It's, like, the worst. That I thought, TV show sequence uh, yeah, I is fucking that was inexcusable. Pretty, <laughs> like, I,
1: I remember thinking that bit was pretty weak overall, but I, yeah. I didn't think it came out of nowhere. What I what did confuse me about it was the voice that you chose to adopt. Yeah. It sounds kind of like Michael Jackson or like a drag queen. It's very but, weird. Uh, you know, I, I need to watch it again, really, to uh, probably have a a more objective take on it. But I remember seeing it in the theaters. I actually fell asleep the first time so I had to go and finish it. The next I saw day, in theaters as well, yeah. I saw it in the theaters and I was like happy that it, first of all, it wasn't as offensively shit as I thought it was going to be. I had low expectations for yeah. that movie. Todd Phillips is not someone I particularly respect or at least not for a long time. Right. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix can go either way. He's been in some absolutely terrible movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the fact that it's Joker, but like a serious version, you know, I mean, almost everything about it should have been way worse Mm -hmm. than it was. So when I saw it, I was like, okay, well, they, you know, I think they made some good attempts at uh, (laughs) doing something like that. Yeah. So that's why I'm kind of a little defensive of it. Also, I, I didn't like the way that people were I thought the the critical Yeah, of course reaction, that was fucking stupid. Yeah. Especially online, I was like, "This is fucking bullshit." I, I think they're yeah. completely unfairly maligning this. Movie.
0: I that that I completely agree with.
1: So that also I think naturally made me a little bit more sympathetic yeah. towards it after I'd seen it. Yeah, after I'd seen it.
0: All right. Last um, so anyway. Joker told,
1: and then Parasite, which ended up winning, which was kind of surprising.
0: I loved Parasite. I think Parasite has like a very. Um... This doesn't. This isn't gonna translate. But in my head, I keep wanting to think of it as Spielbergian. But I guess I just don't know what mm. Spielbergian means. But what I mean about it is the thing I like about it is not seen to be the thing that everyone else likes about it, which is why, like, so I guess no, we we said all this already. Yeah, didn't we? we how I talked about how it was super hyped for its political themes, and I yeah. thought its political themes were like almost the worst part about it because they're so hamfisted, just like in Snowpiercer. Right. But I do think like the first two acts of the movie are so well paced and have such yep. good comedy. It's a tight fucking movie too. It's like, a tight movie. On it yeah, and end, it's and it's funny as shit. Like it's not chuckles. It's like I was funny. laughing out loud at a lot of it, and like I mm. love like almost like the heist like quality to all of the like conniving that the yeah. family does in the first act
1: i like that and i like yeah. that the how you know the how, well first of all you know they why they didn't win production design or even get no, oh they did get nominated yeah i think they should have because they built that fucking house supposedly that's interesting yeah the house the sand the which is known no it's noted in the movie that it had really unusual mm-hmm. architecture because it was built by some you know kind of eccentric architect mm-hmm. so and then the way that i mean it's very you know uh film school symbolism but you know the way that the house with its weird design and stuff yeah. kind of mirrors the family hierarchy and stuff like that Bang jun I mean, ho is not know. a subtle guy by any no. means yeah and that's fine you don't have to be that's kind of what i'm saying about joker so piercer like, sucked shit snow piercer is a little underwhelming snow but, piercer
0: goes like toward joker territory to me so um, i'm like oh my god the guy's crying because he's eating cicadas yeah but i think or whatever yeah, hey but you know i think <laughs> like, that's
1: always uh a bit of a problem with um especially Southeast Asian directors for making the movie in English for the first time. Uh-huh. I think something really gets lost. In- I think if you remade uh, Parasite in America with an American family and American actors, and American, I think it would probably lose something too. I think there are a lot of probably. things in that which don't, you know, it's almost maybe to us, uh, maybe, I, I don't know, I need to speak to a South Korean about it, but um, maybe to us uh, part of the absurdity of it is this kind of either cultural or... Uh, even aesthetic disconnect that we have with it that makes it seem yeah. a little bit more interesting
0: or quirky or unusual. I've noticed that with other videos. I think movies you can sure. say that about a lot of foreign films and that's hard. That's something I don't think I'll ever be able to reliably know if I'm victim to, No, because exactly. you, know I mean? you don't know if that does influence you, but well, like certainly like I've, I've wondered that about even the best films. Like I'm like, yeah. do people like, is eight and a half really that good? Well, an interesting you know.
1: thing about like, one of my best friends is Japanese and yeah. there are a lot of Japanese films that I liked when I met him. Mm-hmm. And when I talked to him about it, the more, even watched them together, he would constantly comment on like how Bad. Some of the acting was, yeah. or how horrible some of the dialogue was. But we don't. But know. to us, it sounds yeah. no because also it's interpreted through uh, subtitles. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, through translation, and quite often, especially with languages like Japanese, which are almost it's not the, just a different alphabet. That everything about the language works differently. So when you translate it, you can make it sound kind of you know flowery or or kind of nice to us that's why japanese especially song lyrics even for like japanese pop bands sound really almost like uh kind of avant-garde poetry a little bit Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's just because they have such a different language that it kind of comes out that way and to us we can go oh well that's kind of beautiful but to someone who actually knows the language in and out or the, and the culture in and out as well they can watch the same brilliant
0: thing that everyone loves and go actually ugh,
1: yeah. you know like they're that, that at, line yeah. is
0: fucking awful or that performance is terrible they're looking at Deer in Grey lyrics and they're like that is corny as fuck well dude I look at yeah. Deer in Grey lyrics and translated and think that's corny as fuck yeah. some of them really
1: are uh, but yeah so I think that's something to keep in mind But but then again Parasite I think is most likely a decent film regardless and I think in yeah, career, it's done it's, really well, too, right? Its so.
0: strength is not necessarily in its script to me, which is why I think it's interesting that it re, it's screenplay. It's it like, I just think it's a, yeah. an extremely tightly directed movie. Like, yeah. it's it's not it's not showy, but it's good looking all yeah. the way through. And it, I don't know, I really like it. I do, I will say, and I also feel this way about the host. Mm-hmm. Um, And Snowpiercer is like irredeemably bad to me. But the host and this one, I will say, I both had the same problem. Both of them is like the longer they go, yeah, they start coming unraveled. It's, bit, it's diminishing returns, for sure. yeah. Like it's like it always, I'm like, okay, end it. I w- let's end it.
1: I wish the yeah. th- there's a I, I, again, if no one's seen it, I don't want to spoil it, but th- there is a part in uh Parasite where I was really praying they would end it. Well, I wasn't at the time, I wasn't, I was like, oh, well, if it ended here, that would be a good ending but then it kept going so i was like oh well, what else have they got mm-hmm. and after that moment i was like ah you know i almost by wish the time you get to the very there.
0: very end i'm like oh yeah Lord, it's a bit dude, of a weak ending that's unfortunately enough. it's enough but that's, you
1: know that, that happens and uh, yeah. there's there's another really good example of that in a movie where i'm just like god if only they had fucking ended it there take shelter is a good mm-hmm. example with some similar well I'm, again i'm not going to spoil it but there, there's a little bit of a similarity in way they should have ended in the same place have you seen Tate Shelter? No, I haven't. It's good. It's Jeff Nichols, who has yeah, yeah. since become pretty fucking rubbish. But Mud, one of the Mud, worst movies and, uh, I've ever mid- seen. <laughs> no, Midnight
0: Special is it's a, far, it's far a worse. I think after Mud, I didn't see anything else. Oh, I Midnight was like, Special that is abismal. so hard. Uh,
1: yeah. And and he made another one called Loving, which I didn't even watch, but the yeah. trailer was fucking awful. Um, but uh, Tate Shelter is perfectly good. It's like a I don't know what you call it kind of a psychological thriller, I suppose, uh, about a guy who's having visions, like apocalyptic visions, and starts to get convinced by them. And yeah, he's... it kind of
0: sounds like almost like um, Bug or something. Like it one was... of those, like, someone yeah. pulling themselves up.
1: Well, it's someone who, yeah, yeah and you're, you're wondering throughout the movie, like, are they, are they yeah. going mad, or are they actually predicting something, and how it affects their family, and blah, 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 and all of that. And there's a moment in that which would have ended it with the perfect ambiguity that the film had set up, and for some fucking reason, they didn't take it. They didn't take it and they added like a little coda that ruins all of that. Mm. And I just don't understand why. And it, it really frustrates me. But they have to have their reasons. And I just don't know what they are. Same with Parasite. I wish that ending didn't exist.
0: <laughs> well, and you know what else I was just thinking about? Thinking of shelter movies. Uh, what's it called? Fucking 10 Cloverfield, 10 Cloverfield Lane? Cloverfield Lane, yeah. I wish that had ended way earlier. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Like, yep. that movie is actually pretty good. It was yeah, and it wasn't about, about I thought the was last twenty in. minutes I was like, Oh Christ. But
1: you know the thing with that movie is yeah. that it was retrofitted to be a Cloverfield movie. Yes, of course. It was it's apparently, o- that's obvious, yeah. Yeah, it was apparently a script that had been knocking around for a while, and then they basically when they were trying to get funding for it, well, mm-hmm. that's what happened. So I, I think wouldn't that even, probably yeah. influences what the ending was. And you know, we can, sp- we can spoil it, yeah. it, I don't
0: care. But like
1: I was aliens <laughs> not... do exist.
0: Yeah. John Goodman's not crazy. Yeah. But like even if it was that's not the part that bothered me because i didn't need it to end on ambiguity but if it just ended on the revelation that aliens do in fact exist i'd be like okay yeah. but then all this but huge they carried like on for ages scene. with her like avoiding aliens it's, it's, yeah and then it's like that and then like turning into an action movie where she's like i'm yeah. going to go join the alien resistance yeah man like and again yeah. it,
1: it, if you've made your movie deliberately as a chamber piece i imagine that's what the original script was yeah, I, I, I imagine so, the original too. script didn't really go outside of the bunker yeah. But you've made this movie as a chamber piece. That's what you're selling it on. And then, literally, the last I think twenty minutes or so, it goes on forever. Yeah, is her out of the bunker, fucking stumbling around. Yeah, with it's a, these it's, silly it, little it's aliens it's running endless. around. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible. Um, all right, well, that that's the best pictures told. I'm glad Parasite won. It, I Out of, out of yeah. the bunch, it's a it's a good pick. Yeah. It's
0: the only time I've ever agreed with. A, not maybe the only time, but it's the most time. Like the most recent time I can remember agreeing with a best picture win. Did There Will yeah. Be Blood win Best Picture, or did No Country for Old Men? No, I
1: think No Country for Old Men
0: beat it. I think There Will Be Blood is a better movie. But then um, again, that year, you know,
1: everyone was pretty happy with both of those choices, right?
0: For sure. Yeah, they're both great
1: movies. I personally I don't think particularly there Will Be Blood is like it. I, yeah, I don't particularly like them. I've only seen There Will Be Blood once. I've seen No Country for Old Men two or three times, and I and I still don't quite get why everyone likes that movie so much.
0: To me, it's like I uh, get it, but, you know. I mean, to me, it's like Fargo. I like Fargo a lot more. Well, they're different tonal. I, I do, too. Yeah. Uh, but I like I like stories about relatively virtuous people being met with some sort of, like, existential abyss staring Oh, yeah. Staring I back love that.
1: And them. I think the Coen Brothers yeah. are among the best at doing it. Yeah. Well, uh, and they do
0: it well in Fargo, because I yeah. do feel she walks away very affected by...
1: Well, kind of and kind of not.
0: Like, the yeah. difference
1: between Fargo and uh, No Country for All Men is, like, uh, Tommy Lee Jones is her avatar, her equivalent in yes. uh, yeah. No Country for All Men, right? There's just sheriff who's like, wow, Jesus, I guess yeah. people really are bad. In Fargo, though, she always has this thing where she keeps going back to her husband who just is completely yeah, unaffected sweet. and uninvolved. And so I, yeah. I think, if I remember, it's been a while since I've seen Fargo, but if I remember correctly, it sort of
0: ends with them in bed and her just being like,
1: yeah, some people are fucking crazy. Yeah, I think that I think
0: that's I think they have different like takeaways. Yeah, from the whereas Tommy Lee Jones office, seems genuinely
1: like, like I'm fucking Yeah, I don't done. think he's yeah. gonna get better. Yeah,
0: whereas
1: with you can imagine her going on being like, hmm.
0: yeah, well, because she <laughs> has I think that's kind of the message if it has one is like the only thing you have is your love of other people like yeah. the only thing you have is a, a meaningful connection with the people around you right, right right and she does seem like to have a really good relationship and there's also with a contrast her,
1: yeah. between her relationship with her husband and uh, uh william h macy's relationship with his wife yeah exactly which is very yeah. Different. yeah and uh she's
0: like i think it's interesting like she and also
1: honestly now i think of it, the relationship between steve buscemi and um peter stomari as well yeah because they've got like, i mean they're not romantic but they're basically like bickering all the time yeah. and uh and then also that weird uh, uh, Mike, uh, the the Japanese guy who calls her up yeah. to from school, apparently. What a, what a great scene that that's is. That's a great scene. And at first, you're like, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? It yeah. took me, I think, two watches to realize, oh, right, it's something about you know the fact that people can lie to her or pretend to be someone that they're not, that in her head like, clicks. And that's why she realizes that William H. Macy is probably lying to her. Right. It's something like that. But yeah. at first, I was just like, hang on, why did that scene happen? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, it, but I like things like
0: that, and the Cohens are really good at that. And I think that, yeah, I think that she does, like, obviously she's shaken up. Yeah. Because I love that scene where she's like, all that for a little bit of money. Yeah. You did all that <laughs> yeah. for just a little bit of money. Yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, and the money's never found. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And they do that, and then, but yeah, she goes home, and she's going to be probably okay. Yeah, husband's But Tommy Lee there, Jones yeah. is fucking like... Dunzo. Yeah, he's
1: like broken, giving a monologue in a diner or
0: whatever. Or the it's, not a, it's to yeah. his wife, I think. I can't remember actually, who he seems yeah. to take no special comfort from. But he's mm. he's describing his dream, and I forget what the dream is yeah, about. It's like about his father leading him on a horse trail and them falling yeah. off a cliff or something weird like that. I don't know. Maybe that's more of the
1: comment McCarthy bleakness. Because honestly, I don't value. I, I'll be fucking crucified for saying it, but I don't particularly value Cormac McCarthy as a writer. I've only read two mm. books of his. I've read yeah. Blood Meridian and The Road. Mm-hmm. And the road, honestly, I think is fucking poor.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I, th- I like the movie. I saw the movie before I read the book, so I don't know if that influenced me one way or the other. But there are fucking there are things in that book, internal monologue decisions that uh, I would you know mark a. If I was grading a sixteen year old's creative writing assignment, I would fucking mark it down and tell him You'd to do it. Again. Put a red pen through. Seriously, it. Seriously, yeah. like just some of it is just embarrassingly like, uh, what's the word? I'm not even trite try hard you know real try yeah. hard shit and i'm like I fucking can't. It, it takes away from any bleatness that there might be and there's a lot of shit in there as well he's respected as an author but there's a lot of shit in there that's basically the equivalent of like a dead baby joke you know, like, I mean, it's not a joke, but it's kind of just yeah. like, oh, and this is shocking. And huh? like, what, ah, what about that? Yeah. Ugh. Like, yeah. <laughs> which which the movie it. does, I think, honestly, a lot. But I like the movie. I, yeah, the, I've h- never h- seen it. John Hillcott made it. John yeah, Hillcott, I think Hilcott, is yeah. overall a pretty good fucking filmmaker. What else did he make, like Road to Perdition or something? No, that's Sam Mendes, I think. Um... Mm. No, he made The Proposition, which is a really, really good movie, uh, written by Nicholas Cave. Uh, (laughs) Nicholas Cave. Nicholas Cave Cave and (laughs) the Bad Seeds. (laughs) Nicholas Cave, yeah. No, uh, written by Nick Cave. Um, And that's really fucking awesome with uh, Guy Pearce in it. And uh, he also did Lawless, which is. That was like his attempt, I think, at making a mainstream American. one that would appeal to mainstream American audiences. And that was less good. It was still fun, but. Let's well, yeah. go.
0: Anyway. I mean, yeah, this is our, these are, I mean, fucking popcorn chatter is bad. Yeah, now we're just popcorn chatter. Here. Oh, come on. That's Oscar Day. It's Oscar Day, guys. Listen. <laughs> I mean, yeah, let's talk about the actual Oscar cast, though, because I, I don't know how much of that fucking, uh, our, our opinions on Joker need to be <laughs> rehashed for the <laughs> third time. But uh, fucking, you know, um th- th- really, as far as an Oscar cast goes, it was. Th- pretty thoroughly unremarkable. Oh, you mean the broadcast? You mean the actual Yeah, show. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty... Nothing uh, majorly goofy yeah. happened in it and nothing that great happened in it either.
1: No, that's pretty much what I would say. I mean, I had no host, so I had these weird bits where uh, people last minute, I think, have kind of been yeah. dragged up to mm-hmm. kind of introduce... They would, they would basically have people just take the role of host for a second and introduce yeah. the next person who was going to introduce an in award. Yeah, exactly. Which was kind of weird and it felt pretty ramshackle. Yeah. Uh, not that I fucking care. I mean, the Oscars has always been a fucking disaster. Really. Janelle Monae was good
0: at the opening number. I thought that was so That was fun. one of the
1: better opening numbers I've seen for a while, yeah. Yeah. But she's fun. I, I don't particularly care about her music. I don't think she it's especially interesting, but she's a really fun performer. Oh. Yeah. I've seen a few few performances of hers. And then um... I like that girl. I think she's going places. <laughs> and then... I think she's like thirty five or something. I think she's on the older end of things. Oh really? Yeah. Um Billy I... fuck it. Can we talk about how shy Billy Eilish was? Was she? Yeah, she was. She did the in Oh my thing. god! Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, so they had Billy Eilish. They were teasing her involvement somehow. Yeah, and I think I don't know about anyone else, but I thought, oh well, she's doing the next James Bond theme. Maybe this is where they maybe they'll debut it, right? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Nope. <laughs> Instead, they've lumped her in doing the doing the fucking in memoriam, which is usually reserved. That spot's usually reserved for people who. Are somewhat respected, but maybe on the you know sort of on their way out. Like maybe they'll get Sting or someone to do it, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, so they they lumped her in to do that, and they've made her do a really you know moody cover of Yesterday. Yeah, by the Beatles. which oh, the, Which also like, so even just away. as far as the song choice goes, I'm sure it wasn't her idea, but no, <sighs> just and, pretty, and she pretty obvious choice, yeah, yeah, and she's you know she's good at singing what she does yeah she's just yeah, good at doing at her what own she style. does yeah. yeah that kind of like breathy mm-hmm. untrained voice stuff yeah that's perfectly fine yeah but you can't and then she, you know it was just kind of and sad you could, to see it felt like she was
0: straining she, like,
1: she was dude, i think she was straining to do it you know she's TM. Not, it's
0: hard to say she's not a good singer because she is a good singer for what she does but she's probably not a good singer for the in memoriam
1: What's well, the same reason you wouldn't get Bob Dylan to do fucking like exactly. Lady
0: Marmalade? You know, although wouldn't that rule? <laughs> what are I you would talking get... about? You wouldn't. <laughs> if I had the money to do it, I would.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> it'd be fantastic. Yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah. bad example. Uh, the same reason you wouldn't get, let's say, uh, Leonard Cohen to do fucking almost anything that's not allowed to go on. so right, exactly. you know? there are people who are just very yeah. specific to their own it's style like, yeah, you, you are, do what you yeah. do or whatever and you should probably stick to that I just felt I mean that's the the, the thing I have of worries about uh, we need to talk about Billie Eilish here because I'm worried about that girl yeah I'm
0: worried about her too <laughs> let's
1: no, I'm not worried I'm, I'm about glad it. Remember, I'm like, glad we're finally
0: addressing this. <laughs> I did.
1: No, but I was a little optimistic because I, I don't particularly like her. I mean, it's definitely for a different audience than me. But, yeah. I, don't, but I was kind of like, all right, at least there's someone, even if that whole, like, oh, she's just a kid in her bedroom story is kind of bullshit. Sure. I was at least hopeful that she would properly stick to her guns, you know. But she's already, the fashion's already changing. You know, it's been about a year and she's already, what well, she, you know, she wasn't wearing her trademark stuff tonight.
0: I don't know what her trademark stuff would be. Like very, very baggy, sweater. brightly
1: colored clothes. Oh, okay. and now was wearing like a, I, I can't remember exactly. I'm not really going to comment on what she's wearing, but yeah. it's I think a little bit emblematic of what's going to happen. She's, she's doing selling the, out. She's doing the Bond theme, dude, and like, yeah. I I may be wrong, but I have a feeling the the Bond theme is kind of a kiss of death for a career.
0: Interesting.
1: It's unless you're already... Because it seems to be two things. It's either someone who's hot in the moment but flash in mm-hmm. the pan, which I think Billy probably is probably closer to falling into that category. Oh, well, or it's, to be seen, yeah. Or, yeah, or it's someone like Madonna on the way down, you know.
0: Although, I think I can think of one very recent example that had a good career both before and after. You're going to say Adele? Mm-hmm. Well, so I was mistaken. I actually looked that up because I
1: thought Skyfall came out in the same year as uh, that 25 album with Hello on. But actually, that was a couple no. of years later. Yeah. But now, where is she?
0: Well, I mean, give her a <laughs> sec. Hello I mean, was it f- only like two years ago. How long has it five take? She's years. probably touring like yeah, it's crazy. Been, it's been five years since I'll she's not I'll bet you really anything touring. she went on like three world tours. Now she's probably kicking back. Isn't she just have a kid? I don't know. Dude. Give but her like, a sec. I'll no, bet you anything know, she's going to come out with another album. It's going to be like whatever, 31, and everyone's going to flip <laughs> their nuts over it.
1: Quite possibly. Yeah. Quite plus Yeah, People quite possibly. People love her. Fair enough. I right. don't know why. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Like, she might be an outlier slightly, but other than that, you know, I'm going back way, way, back you know it's like fucking lulu and aha and duran duran and stuff like that yeah paul mccartney
0: it's like paul mccartney did okay
1: but paul mccartney was famous in his own right you know like he was the fucking Beatle. you can't beat that you know
0: well but also like live and let die is that his Mm -hmm. did he really do anything i mean that's definitely latter age it's
1: probably the last song that people remember from him yeah uh possibly not i don't know what else he did with wings but yeah,
0: uh, I mean, it's, what I'm it's saying is, it's on the way. he, had a, he look, didn't have a successful career afterwards. Well, but, no, but he earned, like, you yeah. know, he
1: got to a certain point and then maybe maintained that, and it didn't affect him that negatively. But it certainly didn't. It wasn't like a. It's never really been a career boost, I don't think.
0: I can't oh, think of very. Not, no. I can't think
1: of many examples where someone's been doing all right and then done a bon song and then shot off. Whereas Honestly, that,
0: that Adele song is a is a slap. I wonder if people. I wonder if she still plays that at her yeah, that's a good song. Uh, I didn't like Let it. Let the sky yeah. fall. I,
1: I personally have never fucking liked the dog. Well, really it's not about liking not Adele. It's just right? that's
0: a good song. No, but
1: I mean her song. So that's what I'm I talking I wonder if...
0: <laughs> I wonder... I don't think she wrote it. She doesn't write her own shit, does she? I think she? she does. Really? She's a at songwriter? Least, I thought she was just a singer. No, I think she writes... At least the basic part of it, yeah. Oh, I, have, I had no I idea. I think she's a pianist, yeah. Well, good for her. Sure. I thought... Um, I, th- I wonder if she plays that in concerts. I don't know. Well, I know I know Paul McCartney definitely plays "Live and Let Die." He closes yeah. his concerts with it, and there's a big fireworks show. Apparently, according to uh, our friend Tim, who saw him, like, so Paul McCartney was just at like Dodger Stadium, and I looked yeah. up the set list, and I was like, "Oh, this is like a way more entertaining show than I thought it would have been by the sound of it," because he plays tons of Beatles shit. He plays. Yeah. I assumed. That we were all we would like go to a Paul McCartney concert. You are going to listen to his new shit, like that god awful jazzy does, music. He's he does doing. both.
1: My parents saw him, and he yeah. he
0: admit he said on stage he was like,
1: "Yeah, I know you don't want to hear any of this, but we're going to play it anyway." Yeah. And my parents were like, "Isn't that cool?" And I was like, "No, actually, it's not. It's That's cool. actually really fucking annoying because people have paid. You know, he's there. He has got fucking money out of the ass, and he's doing this just for." himself or whatever fine but you gotta realize people are fucking paid and this is ve- they saw him in vegas so people are paid they've traveled they've got hotels and shit like that babysitters or whatever and you're just like yeah fuck you <laughs> it's like if you're paul mccartney you can't really get away with that if you're like a more obscure no actually fuck it it pissed me off. i saw during gray recently and they just played their new album and very little else and that fucking annoyed me I was furious, and that was a new album that was like a last year uh, two what, years ago.
0: What if your new album is one of your most successful albums? What do you think of that? so like for example, Tyler the Creator, <sighs> yeah, touring on Igor, he pretty much plays the whole Igor album mm-hmm. and then he has a little chunk in the middle where he plays like one or two songs off of yeah. like Flower Boy, and then he has like like his like first big hit Yonkers. Right. He literally plays like the first twenty seconds of it and then stops, uh, and I'm like, "That is really a cock tease." I think there's a I think there's a um, middle ground.
1: I, th- I think the best bands uh, know the value of their old music, even if they're sick of playing it. That's it, that's yeah. your it's your job basically. Mm. Of course, you're going to get bored of playing songs, but sure. you're meant to you, you know to on, on some level you're an entertainer and you're supposed to yeah. be entertaining people, right? And uh, especially if it's a new album, which People might not even be familiar with. So I saw Iron Maiden headlining a festival, right? Mm. So it wasn't even like their own show with their own fans. They're headlining a festival. They knew full well that most people who were in that audience wanted to see Run to the Hills and wanted to see yeah, the, yeah. Number of the Beast and all of that. then played. I think they maybe played one vaguely famous song, but the rest was just their new album, which sucks. You gotta and admire
0: the integrity, I guess. It's not <laughs> to me. There's a difference between integrity and just kind of like
1: almost selfishness then again at that same festival alice cooper played schools out twice in a row and that's that when was. i went okay yeah you've got no integrity <laughs> but now there is something to be said for all right you know what you you know you know what people are here there's for.
0: also definitely a, a a level that you get to where you know that most of your fans are actually not casual But then there's certain people that like all of your fans are casual. Like all Paul McCartney fans are pretty casual. Like all anyone who's going to fill up Dodger Stadium. That's a 70%. I like the Beatles. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. And same with Alice Cooper. Same with any of those. But like I was thinking about it with because John Darnielle was talking about this exact thing in an Mm -hmm. interview of like his balance between playing the songs that he thinks his fans want to hear and the ones that he personally is interested in playing at the time. And he he said like that there should be a middle ground or whatever. He seems to
1: have a pretty good handle on it generally. Yeah, yeah. And
0: but my take on it was I was like I don't think like if you go to an average Mountain Goats show, it's uh, going to be at like a small to mid-sized venue. Yeah. And it's like probably 80% of the fans there are like hardcore. Like They're, Mountain Goats have a very small but very dedicated Yeah. fan base who are like if they if I went to a show and they didn't play this year and they didn't play No Children, I would be fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? They didn't
1: play this year when I saw them.
0: They did play No Children, though. They played this year when I saw them, but they didn't play No Children. Yeah, so they probably rotate. And you know what, though? Honestly, this year popped off. You could tell, like, <laughs> it, ob- popped it, off. it did pop off. <laughs> that song. Yeah. yeah. You made it sound like a proper club
1: banger. <laughs> it pops off. Everyone starts fucking marching.
0: Yeah, well, it make- they were
1: jumping. <laughs> they were having fun. Well then again, I also yeah. have recent, very recent uh, experience of this with uh, Mr. Bungle. Yeah. Reuniting after 20, yeah, year, that's 20 years of absence. 20 years mm-hmm. of absence. People have been clamoring for a fucking reunion from them. They only have three studio albums. So, you know, it's not like there's that much material. Like, <sighs> so them coming back, this long awaited reunion, and they're coming back with only three members, and uh, they're playing a demo that no one ever heard. Yeah. And the, the fucking crowd was dead. I didn't mention that. The, the crowd was fucking dead. Because it was, first of all, made up entirely well, made up, it's kind of split in half. There were Bungle veterans from the 90s who are now about 50 or 55. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, then you have these kind of pitchfork kids who've probably heard, you know, oh, well, Mr. Bungle, that's a name. You know, that's that's yeah. something I should be into or that's yeah. something I should attend. And so you got them just standing and having no idea what was going on, certainly not being prepared for what was essentially a hardcore slash death metal show. Yeah. And the, the fuck, they had cattle decapitation opening for them as well. And
0: cattle decapitation are a straight up death metal band, really.
1: Oh, and I had no
0: idea what you. I didn't know that was the name of a band. I thought you said canceled. like they did like a stage theatrical decapitation of a cow. No, on I, stage. Wish. no <laughs> I wish. Know. No, very little theatrics in the yeah. Bumble Show, but uh, yeah, they
1: cattle decapitation are a death metal band who I'm sure when they play to their audiences are. Uh, it probably kicks the fuck off yeah. but in this instance because it was those 50 year old men and those pitchfork yeah. kids dude it was funny as fuck though because when ca- you could hear their music coming up you know the the intro music is was like ave satani or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. uh, and uh, some guy one dude clears a mosh pit he literally just walks around pushing people to clear mm-hmm. a big space and the band starts and nobody joins him that rocks. this guy is just walking around in a, yes. in a big area oh. because they're all these like wussy ass LA pitchfork yeah. kids you know that they, yeah. they, they didn't even go like hey, don't fucking push me <laughs> like, yeah. they just let him you know I, create this huge space for himself I, right near the front <laughs> of the stage where he just walked around and did I nothing and then that. there's like you know one girl who's like you know a young pretty chick who's like having an experience you know like heart- very very uh, ostentatiously having experience yeah. you know like Throwing your hands up in the air Fuck and like yeah, going dude. at the pen, and being like, Yeah, I've read about like punk shows and like, is yeah, it this sounds is what like people me when we went and
0: saw Cannibal Corpse. I'm like, you know, sociologically, <laughs> 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 no, but this girl is like, yeah. yeah, she's
1: probably seen like, you know, maybe, um, uh, what's that fucking documentary and the, the decline of Western civilization or whatever it's called, anyway.
0: Um, is is. I'm not going to listen to it. But is there like... Is like Raging Wrath of the Easter Bunny, for example, or those ones... Is it at least... That's the demo they played. Yeah. The EP, but yeah. is it at least interesting? Like, does it no. sound like Phantomoss? No. Okay.
1: No. no, I mean, that's, the that's again, kind of the worst thing about it. Is that it sounds nowhere yeah. near as interesting as anything they became. Yeah. Because it's a bunch of kids basically trying to copy thrash bands. Okay. so that, And not doing anything particularly unique with it either. Is it screamed vocals or something? Yeah, or, entirely yeah. harsh. Yeah. Entirely harsh vocals. And and that's another thing... It's impressive that his voice can still do that. Was Mike Patton there? Yeah. It's a full reunion? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, it's three. It's the three founding members, really. It's Mike, Trevor Dunn on bass, who was excellent, by the way. He was fucking yeah. great to watch. I didn't yeah. really, I've didn't i never seen Trevor Dunn live, but he was a fantastic. I don't care about bass generally. It's not yeah. really an instrument I'm particularly interested in, but watching him was fucking fascinating and Trey Peronce is the guitarist yeah those, also are, those, are, those are the only three members I know yeah so. there's also like yeah. Danny Heifetz and uh, uh, Barr or something yeah who who have been with them for all the studio albums anyway sure. so it was kind of disappointing not to see any of them and they had Dave Lombardo doing from Slayer on mm-hmm. drums and Scott Ian from Anthrax on guitar Scott oh, really? Ian is that face that you see all the time in like any <laughs> I know who Scott Ian yeah. is yeah yeah but you probably know very little about his music I would assume you don't know much Anthrax right i know who
0: they are i know they're a thrash metal band. sure yeah. yeah but
1: more often than not i think people at least of my generation mostly yeah. know scott ian because he fucking oh yeah turns 100% up all the time yeah, on yeah, like yeah. you know as a talking head basically yeah In like any documentary about rock music or metal he'll be yeah you know, with
0: his bearded goatee yeah his yeah. bald head
1: and his little bit and he's fucking tiny too really short guy
0: oh, um speaking of bearded of bearded goatees um what's his name I think it's Shavo Odagian from uh, System of a Down.
1: Oh, Serge Tankian. Oh, no, you no, mean there's, the... there's
0: the bassist. Is yeah. Shavo, and the drummer is John yeah. Dolmayan. No, I know who you mean. I don't yeah. remember which of the two of them, but one of them gave an interview recently uh-huh. in which they just, like, openly talked shit on um, the two main guys from System of a Down, fucking uh, Serge, Serge Tankian and... and Darren... I don't remember, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: the guitarist, dude,
0: yeah. Yeah, the guy who went on to do... Hollywood on Broadway or whatever the fuck it was called. And I then know about uh that. and then um Serge obviously is doing like his god-awful dressing like yeah. a steampunk fucking Zeppelin captain. Yeah, dude he, and like he's... has like an orchestra. Mm-hmm. Anyway. He's trying to be my patent, honestly. He's very much trying to be yeah. my patent. Which is yeah. funny.
1: They're actually t- they're playing
0: together. But he's dressing like Les Claypool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> um, but so he he apparently was like oh yeah, you know, I wanted to get all these people to collaborate on the album, and someone was like, he's doing a solo album, and he's talking about all the collaborators he wanted, and who he could get, and who he couldn't get, and blah, 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 and that all seemed pretty good-natured, and then someone asked him about, like, System of a Down, and, like, if he thinks they'll ever get back together, and he's like... No, probably not. It was like really ego really got in the way with those guys. <laughs> like Well was... they're, they're playing in a in a couple of months with Faith No More. I think he meant like where they gonna make new stuff. Recording or new something? Stuff, yeah, or maybe it like. was like it was something to the effect of he wanted them to be on his solo album but they wouldn't do it. Um, he was like fucking egotist or so. It's awesome, dude. They're really he was uh talking candidly. Okay. You know? Anyway, well, um yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, no, there's not much I'll say. Like, look, Bungle played really well. They're really oh, excellent musicians. Getting back to the larger point, uh-huh. another great mix, Cannibal Corpse. We can agree with that oh, yeah. in terms of playing. Yeah, the they hits, got they get a
1: few new ones in, and, and they're enjoyable new and ones. And they have by a very good selection of. Because I think Cannibal career, Corpse, yeah.
0: it's going to be a lot. Of, it's going to be probably a very similar hardcore to casual breakdown as yeah. Mountain Goats. Yeah, where it's like I think a lot of people yeah. are at
1: Cannibal Corpse just because they saw Ace Ventura. Honestly.
0: Yeah, but yeah. I would say that probably people who are and... actually going to play to go to go a sh- pay to go to a show.
1: You'd be surprised. I, I mean, certainly um, when I was younger, I would go to shows. Well, I, the first Cannibal yeah, Coach show I went to was just because I was like, oh, well, they're a b- big deal. Yeah. I'll go see them. I didn't really
0: know their music. I, I was interested to like, at the Mountain Goats, I will say, this actually almost completely negates my point that I was making earlier, that I think <laughs> every Mountain Goats fan is hardcore. But I was like... They were playing very heavily off the new album, Mm -hmm. which you expect because they're supporting that album. Yeah. Uh, And I love the new album. And I was... Uh, like, you know, nodding my head, Is sing along.
1: In League of Dragons yeah.
0: yeah. And i like, I know all the words to all the songs by now. I, the mm. album's been out for like over a year. I assume everyone else did as well. So I'm like mouthing the words along and just like looking around at blank ass faces. Yeah, and that, you know what though? They're people, bored off their tits. <laughs> people
1: don't listen to whole albums as much now, I don't think. Even if yeah. they're fans of the band. Yeah. I, I'm kind of the same, honestly. I've, I do it less and less, unless it's a band that I'm properly invested in. Then again, I listen to that whole Mountain Goats album. I wouldn't know the songs off by heart. By far. But... Well, I
0: would. But, like, Mountain Ghost is, like, I'm very, very into them. Right, so right. So, like, the whole... Um, yeah, like, I definitely listened to that album quite a bit. Um, more so than I listened to Goths, although I do think Goths is probably better overall.
1: By the way, going back to uh, Bungle, uh, have you seen Mike Patton lately? Is he a disaster? Um, He's just he's made a choice with his hair that's pretty unusual. Cuz you know for the last probably 20 years or so he's had a pretty it's similar slick back hairstyle, you know, like kind of like a Italian Guido, you know. Yeah.
0: That's the word. I was going to use a racial slur but I couldn't think <laughs> of the wow. nicer, yeah. Uh, um uh,
1: but now he's uh, he's grown out long and he's done it and it's hard to explain. He's done it uh, he almost looks like a late 90s member of corn. He's, he's got cornrows? Kind of. But they're, they're like sticking out from his head. Oh, he looks like Coolio. Uh, yeah, kind of. Oh, interesting. It's really unusual because he's 52 or something.
0: Yeah, he's that's not a good look. Yeah,
1: so he comes out like that. And I'm like, do you oh. think maybe
0: that's just the Mr. Bungle thing? Like, do, oh, that's the other question I wanted to ask you about seeing them live. Did they, like, is he wearing a GIMP mask? Is he no. any theming, no, no, no. any theatrics no, no, at all? Th-
1: no theatrics whatsoever. The, the most theatrical thing about it was that he was dressed like Mr. Rogers. Okay. He came that's out wearing a funnish. cardigan and opens with, uh, you know, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. That's kind of that fun. was fun, yeah, yeah, you know, like I like that, and that, and the fucking song is stuck in my head now, yeah, um, and they did, and then mostly, I think there were a few covers in there, and then the rest of it was just the e p kind of honestly, kind of hard to tell, I think they're playing the same set list every night, yeah, yeah, no they they were impressive, they were a very impressive, live band. and I wish I could see that what I saw was a very straightforward band, you know, two guitarists, a bassist, a drum, a vocalist, yeah. not really anything remarkable about it it was well done like well played yeah there's stuff, is just but...
0: something about like live music that just doesn't interest me very much anymore unless it's like something like cannibal corpse where it's just gonna be very meat and potatoes and you know exactly what you're getting it's gonna be really like hard yeah and loud like that was really a fun to be show fair, this that was, was that very but... fun show for yeah. me um but like yeah like even like the mountain goats I'll see them again when they come back around because I love well, them. I wouldn't so rush much. to see Mountain Goats. Yeah, there was kind again. of a dull not show. Not because I don't like them, but. I've seen some of my favorite bands, I've gone and seen them live and I've been like, I'm bored. Well, there are like, whole genres yeah. of music which I love, but I wouldn't want to really see Well, hip hop in general, I would hip-hop say, is, is does really not boring work live. live. The um, Coup is really good ambi- because they will use a live band.
1: And I really, uh, people might not know it, but I, I like a lot of uh, ambient stuff too. Like, yeah. um, you know, even I love that Icelandic stuff, you know, Sigur Rós and. Uh, uh, yeah, Godspeed You Black Emperor and all of those kind of um, Silver Mount Zion, all of that. I like that stuff a lot. Uh, Boards of Canada, yeah, but I wouldn't really care to see it live. Even Massive Attack, I wouldn't particularly care. You know, I hear they do a great show. Not I'm sure Ambien? they do. I thought but... they were like a dance. I I moved on from ambient. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm talking more generally, Aphex Twin as well. Banksy. You know,
0: <laughs> Banksy. I would see Banksy live. Well, that's, um, isn't that Massive Attack? Yeah, I've actually, yeah, yeah,
1: I've, i I've, I've started to hear conflicting information on that now, but I think it's pro- probably likely that it's a combination of people. Anyway. It's Massive Attack and Jamie Hewlett. <laughs> yeah, and uh, actually, Jamie Hewlett apparently has been more or less discredited as ever. having actually done anything.
0: You know, it may have contributed a lot of the shit. Designs, looks like his art contribute the designs. Oh, okay. But, uh, I see what you mean. Not, oh, like actually, you mean doing the tagging? Done it. Yeah. Oh, I didn't assume. I assume they had interns.
1: I didn't well, I think they do as well, but <laughs> yeah. uh, no. Apparently, whoever Banksy is did do a lot of himself. Oh, and interesting. that's why a lot of people were convinced that it was a uh, um, the massive attack guy, Robert Del Naja. Because... Oh, because it was lining up with their tour stops, yeah, right? Literally. yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that was pretty funny. be one that would turn up on every tour yeah. that they had. But uh, anyway, moving on from that, yeah, some music is just not something that I'm particularly interested in seeing, like classical as well, honestly. Yeah, what Glasgow are you do with is that? quite yeah. dull to see live. Uh, it's kind of, especially in a really big, like the Hollywood Bowl or something, it's kind of like a big experience. But pff, as far as watching the musicianship, nah, not so much. Yeah. That's why I like metal shows and rock shows because you, you do get something that you can't quite get from a record on it. All right. Well, that's the Oscars told. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's about all there is to say about Congratulations it. I mean, what... to Joe Pesci. <sighs> yeah. Didn't turn up. Didn't um, even bother showing up. Bother showing we should first. have all
0: done it the same. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I mean, but there's no point in going through, like,
1: oh, wasn't, uh, you know, this no, person okay. lame. By the way,
0: I'm telling you, next time, not next time, but I'm telling you, uh, residents, dog stab tour. We got to check that out. I'd go. It's yeah. not for a little while, but maybe we should get tickets early. I don't know how popular they are. I don't know if that'll I'm sell honestly, out or I'm not. I'm
1: honestly not sure anymore, but uh, yeah. yeah,
0: no, I'll go with it. Yeah, for I'll sure. Who do you that. think opens for the residents? Uh, Pendulette at one point. <laughs> well, well, he wasn't just opening, he was part of one of their shows. Yeah. When they were doing like the yeah. big theatrical, like that's what I mean. I want to see a golden era residence level of theatricality well, where let's it's like hope the Pendulette's there. They're writing shows <laughs> just for live performance. They're almost like writing yeah. weird little, like, yeah, they were like, experimental musicals basically. Yeah. yeah. All right, all right. Oh, well, yeah, we can hope. Rules. All right.
1: That's, that's the Oscars. All right. <laughs>